It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're joined by at Mavs Draft on Twitter, Magic Mavs Draft in his handle, <laughs> Richard Stamen, host of Locked On NBA Big Board, all to break down the number two overall pick that the Thunder now possess thanks to the NBA Draft Lottery. He's going to give some insight on what the Magic might do, plus just break down the different routes the Thunder can go with this top two pick. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, me member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we are joined by at MavsDraft on Twitter, Richard Stamen. Richard, our... Both of our teams had great lottery luck. The Magic leap all the way up to number one, and the Thunder stay at two. This show is brought to you by Shakara. Shakara uh, Nutrition is a wellness company anchored in food as a medicine on a mission to nourish. Go to shakara.com slash locked on 20 to enter the code locked on 20 for 20% off of checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20, or just go to S-A-K-A-R-A dot com and just type in the code locked on 20 for 20% off of your order at checkout but richard what a day it was on tuesday for for both of our squads uh what would you say the reaction is in orlando for this top overall pick they've been here before that fan base has kind of gotten high picks before obviously and i particularly find that core interesting in the sense of i like a lot of the pieces but I'm not sure what the best route would be to go at number one overall. I think that they have the toughest decision in the draft. I think that for the Thunder, it's easier to pick between those, uh, you know, whichever two are left and so on and so forth. For the Rockets, it's easiest to pick the last one available. Uh, what what do the Magic have to bring into this squad? Yeah, uh, you know, first of all, I was so excited when the Magic won the lottery because they now have a lot of leverage with the redundant talent they've gotten. So you could use it as early as draft night where you look at teams who um, may want to trade up, they could do that. They could trade back, get somebody who fits what they currently have. And then on top of that, if they do draft, say, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Boncaro, whoever it is, they've suddenly gotten a little bit of leverage in order to get rid of some of those redundant pieces. We hear a lot about how, how does Jonathan Isaac fit in with this core, but you know, there's also Wendell Carter. Mo Bomb is probably gone, so I don't factor him into it. But – you know, even in the front court, there's still a little bit of a log jam. Shumo Kiki is there. He's a little bit of a forgotten member. He's only on his second year of his contract. He didn't sign in 2019 because of the injury. So he's basically part of the 2020 class in terms of contract. 
And I think with all of this, it gives them a real opportunity to package some of these young guys and getting better players and parts of trading their veterans. So you look at Terrence Ross, for example, he's probably played his last game in Orlando. It's very easy now, instead of going, hey, what can you give us for Terrence Ross? It's now, hey, what if we gave you Terrence Ross, Chumo Kiki, and RJ Hampton? Suddenly you've just eliminated one of every position and the redundancy has gone down at least a little bit. I think that it'll be interesting to see how both teams manage themselves. I mean, the Thunder, of course, have picked two, but also picked 12, 30, 34. Uh, you know, 34 kind of grades out sometimes as a kind of a low first-round pick, depending on their draft class. I'm not sure if this is the draft class in which that will happen in, but uh, still some leverage there at pick 34. It's better than having pick, say, 44. So for the Thunder at two, if Sam Presti could play mind games on uh, the Magic – who would he want the Magic to take at one? I mean, I think it's Paolo. I think that's probably the least of the three. Really, if he really wanted to like just manipulate and play mind games where suddenly the Magic are under mind control, uh, Jaden Ivey would really be the pick. <laughs> but, but I think Paolo of the main realistic three is, is uh, the main option. Now, so that leaves Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. There's a lot of fans, as I told you before, that are – afraid of Chet Holmgren because they have Poku PTSD and just, you know, they just see Poku in Chet, which I think is incredibly unfair, of course, to Chet Holmgren. I, I said it yesterday in Twitter spaces, but you, know, you have to remember many people, many national people covering that draft, the Poku draft, didn't even think Poku would have played an NBA game by this time, by this current date. They thought he'd be overseas for at least two years. That is, that is the baseline skill set of Poku versus Chet, who was a consensus top three guy in this draft. So they're at to two totally different starting points in their careers, and, and they're two totally different players. I think that one thing that's incredibly different to me about Chet and Poku is that Chet likes to get physical, and Chet might be small, you know, might be small in, ter in terms of his frame and his his size, but that doesn't let deter him from mixing it up down low. And where Poku shies away from being physical and shies away from that contact. Uh, Kind of, kind of expedites his lack of ability to, you know, to of course to play at his size down low. So, for you, you got Chet and Jabari Smith on the board. Hypothetically, we just drafted Paulo to, to Orlando. Uh, who would you go with if you're Sam Presti? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I think this is pretty easy actually. I think it's Chet, right? Like, if Paulo goes number one, and I, I want to emphasize, it actually, it's very realistic uh, that Paulo goes number one because. The Magic, uh, I, I think Paolo's defense is a little bit underrated, personally. And if you can trust Wendell to be a rim protector, uh, I actually think that plays to Paolo's strengths a little bit. That's, that's how he was best as a defender, is bringing guys into the paint. So ultimately, uh, I think that is a very realistic possibility. I think Chet's the clear answer, though. Uh, I would not get Poku PTSD. Like you said, he's still ahead of the curve. He went from the second division in Greece two years ago, like it was only two years ago. It feels like a lifetime ago because the whole draft process was forever. But regardless, Poku shouldn't even be in the NBA. This He should be coming over this summer for the first time. So don't let that scare you. Also, Chet is a lot better at this age uh, than Poku. I don't know what the age difference is at this point. It's probably pretty close, but Chet's a lot better right now. A lot better. You look at the defensive end, he's a true defensive anchor. I don't think you can say that about uh, Poku, but on the offensive end, he can actually create his shot a little bit more smoothly. Can just it plays under way more control 
And when you look at what he can grow into, I think there's real star potential in him. Yeah, and, and only months separate Chet and uh, Poku. Poku turned 20 in December. Chet turned 20 uh, at May 1st. So only a few months separate Poku and uh, Chet. But they are in two totally different stages of their careers uh, right now. So that that's a big difference uh, in, in both these guys. Like I said, I mean, the the expectation for Chet is totally different than the expectation for Poku. For the Magic, I mean, let, let's kind of hammer out the Magic pick because then in segment two, we can really dive into the Thunder 2, 12, and 30. Do you think that the Magic will take Paolo Bencaro? Because locked on Magic host uh, Philip Reitman Rock is all over Paolo. I mean, he's been he's been selecting Paolo in all of our mock drafts, and he is in love with him some Paolo Bencaro. Um, do you think that that's how the Magic might feel? Or, or kind of what is the play for the Magic to, to kind of tie back into that in the sense of not necessarily the roster, but like I feel like Jabari Smith of the three is the safest option. He's going to be a guy who makes high-impact winning plays for you with his three-point shot, with his defense, but he won't be able to create that much in the NBA, I don't think. He won't be able to be the number one. He'd be a heck of a number two, though, on a team that can go win a championship, whereas Paolo might be able to develop into that number one that he might have that charisma. He might have those intangibles and also might have a more of an on ball uh, dominant offense that can allow him to create for himself and be that lead scorer. So which, which one of those, or would it be Chet as a kind of a replacement for Mo, like kind of what Mo Bamba was supposed to be as a long lengthy, just kind of weirdo, what, where would Orlando kind of like to like to see them go? Yeah. I, so I, I drew out a pretty good case, I think for all three, you look at Chet, he's a pure, he's probably the best swing for the fences of a superstar. You look at a big man who can create uh, just a simple search query I've been doing is what players that are, I, I don't even think this matters about height really, but like I put seven foot and taller because Chet is seven foot. Seven footers that average two assists and two blocks per game is ridiculously slim. And I think the two blocks per game is very, very likely given the fact that uh, I, I got to now fact check myself but i'm pretty sure it was almost four a game like the average 2.7 or 3.7 um 3.7 blocks per game as i fact check myself no reason to see even if that goes to half what he's done as a shot blocker is ridiculous the instincts are crazy and you just look at the shot blockers and assist guys they, they get two of each it's a ridiculously small list it starts with kareem and the lowest name on there is wadi divak like if your floor is a wadi divak which i'm not saying it is but if it gets to that level, if you're in that list and he's the worst name, you're a really good player. I think that with the Thunder, I I want to talk about number two in the second segment, but I also want to talk about number 12 because I think that number 12 and the options that spring off of 12 are very interesting. So we're going to get into that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. You can go to built.com right now. Again, use code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. And Richard, they sent us those birthday cake built bars. I've tried one. Have you gotten to try one yet? Yeah, I'm actually going to the gym after this. So uh, that was my pre quote, quote pre-workout that I got to use. My meal to keep me hungry, or not hungry, sorry, to keep me not from getting hungry. There you go. What did you think of it? Has it dethroned your number one yet? No, this is kind of like Cade Cunningham last year. I don't see uh, I don't see a number one being dethroned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like it. I like it, but you're right. Right now, I still have cookies and cream as my number one. This is a nice number two. This one is certainly a treat. It's like dipping your hand in a tub of icing 
and realizing it's actually you know good for as a protein bar. It is only you know 150 calories, seven grams of sugar. It's it's just perfect for you. Uh, you know for a pre workout or post workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Uh, or breakfast is a great breakfast bar for me personally. I really hold you over through really through dinner time for me. Go to built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunder Pod. And thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast. And wouldn't you know it, we have uh, Richard Stamen here to talk all about the uh, Big Board Podcast. Richard, what do you got coming up on the Big Board Podcast? Dude, we have a ton coming up on there the rest of the way it's i want to say it's like 40 days not even it's 35 days i think until the nba draft we have so much content we're going to be doing stuff uh, a lot of little fun i don't want to say trivia uh but things just like our favorites of this our top five of this we have a lot coming where we got you covered on the all fronts on the nba draft and you mentioned in the the private chat that the uh built bar debate is like our jalen green kate cunningham from last year uh, I love Jalen Green. I think he's gonna be such a special player. But uh, yeah, I think that I think that this birthday cake bar. We're gonna start that with Bill Bar in a second. But I think this birthday cake bar is Jalen Green. Where I love it. I really want to move it to number one, but I just can't quite get there because of how good cookies and cream is. Uh, but hopefully, the Thunder get a player as much as that we can all love as much as I love cookies and cream built bars. So at two, you think it's Chet Holmgren if he's there? You think that Sam Presti cannot pass up on Chet? Yes, correct. I, I just look, you get another creator. Uh, you have how many front court creators would you say Oklahoma City has, including Poku? Like high level guys that you could not even right now, just like guys that you could say, like, hey, I can hand, I can allow them to initiate offense. Yeah, if you if you want to add Poku to that, that's that's great. I think you can play through the post with JRE. I think that his passing ability is good enough. I think that the dribbling ability of Baisley is good enough to kind of allow him to ball handle a bit and, and to and to pass a bit uh from his forward spot then you would add chet. yeah yes then you would add chet to that uh, as well uh, would you count you know kenrich as a, as a big man i mean he's just kind of a more of a small forward uh, but th- th- that is kind of the mold the thunder are building is this positionless basketball everyone can ball handle and that's been something that mark has said since he took the job of i want us to be able to all ball handle and all be able to play make because that allows you to play faster. That allows you to get the advantage. Whenever you get a rebound, you can just push the floor. No matter who you're at, you're not sitting there waiting for Shea to come get the ball like a deer in the headlight. You're just going. And then, then therefore Shea can then use the explosiveness off, off the ball. If he's not the one to get the rebound and go to the rim. So everything points toward Chet. 
we'll see if it goes that way because we know how Sam Presti operates. But right now, everything points towards Chet, even though my big board has Jabari Smith at one, and I think that yours still has Chet at four, right? I have Chet uh, three behind Paul Bencaro. Man, I, I think I got lottery night bias. Uh, the more I dove in because I, I was like, all right, Chet's probably going to be the guy who he moves into the number one pick slot. I'm going to reevaluate. And then I just kind of ran through the film I'd already run and then just watched like a couple of possessions of him in isolation. And I was like, all right, man, even if he's like mediocre at best in isolation, like in space, the man, like you look at Walker Kessler, he lived in the NCAA as a shot blocker who he got beat a lot in space, but still won. I think Chet's going to do that in the NBA. I think you're going to see him do that and then dominate the rim. He's a true defensive anchor. The shot's real, and I think the creation will get better. So how far have you have you moved him up? Because I right. I think that I'm going to – say again? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't answer your question. I moved him to number two. Okay. I I have him at three, but I've mixed up and flip-flopped Paolo and Chet uh, so much that I just can't I, – I don't think that I'll be able to have a solid number two. I think that they're going to change the next 36 days. Each day they're going to change, I think. So like yesterday – was a big check day for me. I was on a check day. I just kept watching him and I kept falling in love with his game. Uh, so he almost moved up to number two yesterday, but I didn't want to make a, I didn't want to make a totally emotional decision off of one day and off of, off of the high of getting the number two overall pick. But I think he's going to move up to number two when this is all said and all done. But Richard number 12 right now is almost as interesting as number two, if not more. So if the Thunder just stayed put at 12, Knowing what we know as of right now, which things always are going to change, but right now it's on May 19th. Knowing what we know right now, who are some names that are going to be there at 12 that you feel confident will be there in that range, 12, uh, 12th play for the Thunder? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard It's hard to really say. I think Johnny Davis might be a guy who slips. Oche Agbaji is actually my number 12 ranked player. There's someone who I think, I think this guy might go top 10, but Malachi Branham is a guy who – you look at what he can do on offense. You look at what he can do on the defensive end. Has a lot of good tools. He'll probably be there. And then if you want the most Sam Presti pick, Usman Jang. Uh, he's a six-nine wing. Can play a little bit big. Can play a little bit small. Really, really good on defense. Had a horrible start to the season. Four points a game on twenty-five percent shooting. Ended it on thirteen in the that was one half. The second half, thirteen points a game on like forty. Uh, I should have had the numbers before I pulled up. I've said it so many times. Thought I memorized it, but. It was anywhere from 44 to 49. I want to say it was close to that 49 range. Yeah, so I've got Jeremy Sohan at 10, Dyson Daniel at 11. I have Johnny Davis at 12, and then I have Adiang at, at 13 and Agbaji at 14. I think that that's kind of the range at, at 12. And I, I bring up our big boards at 12 to ask this question. Is this draft class, is the difference in, say, trading up to 7 or 8 that much greater than just staying at 12? I think you're going to get somebody like it happens every draft, right? Like if we had talked to this like exact date last year, or I guess it was a month ahead, but like, you know, one month before the the draft itself, if we had talked about how Jalen Suggs is for sure the at worst fourth pick and like the same top four are going, things change. So like guys like Branham may become a top 10 consensus pick. Um, at this moment, I don't see a big gap between seven, eight and 12. I think it's actually pretty minimal. There's, Definitely some guys on my board, but like the gap between those guys and the next tier is just, it's a small, small jump. 
as somebody who is not emotionally attached to the Thunder, although you do a great job and you're on this podcast every single week, so we might as well just make you a Lockdown Thunder fan and co-host, but uh, how would you evaluate a package of 12-plus door and even throw in a future first-round pick? What what could that combination get you? Dort in that? Dort, 12, and then even a first-round pick in the future. Uh, you're at the minimum getting, like, the fourth or fifth pick, like – I, I think that's a killer deal. I mean, you get Lou Dort's probably better than uh, I would. Mm, there's a slim chance a lot of like I'd say half the top ten won't end up as good as him. Like, there's a real good chance just playing the number game uh, that that just happens almost every draft. A, a, a well above average player being like better than five players in the top ten is pretty normal. So I I think you get up to the top like top five or four. I mean, maybe. I don't know what Houston would want. Probably they want to stay in the tops and not them. But like you look at Sacramento, they they really might take that. That that fits everything they want. Yeah, and Matt George has been all over that they're going to trade that pick. So and they're looking to trade that pick and and, and want a win now player. Lou Dort is a win now player. Uh, so the, it comes down to, would you trade Lou Dort and twelve for Shaden Sharp? Because that's kind of the guy you'd, you'd have to go get. We've talked about the discussion about Jaden Ivy, but. If you're going to go for a swing like that and give up 12 and Dort, you got to go for a swing in a guy in Shaden Sharp who could bust, but also could be a superstar in this league. So would you trade Dort and 12 for Shaden Sharp? Well, he's a he's an upcoming free agent, right? He is in his contract year. Yeah. So and he thought like it's probably a super friendly deal if this is his first contract. So probably. Um I mean, like, what? I don't know what the consensus around Thunder fans and everything is, but like, do you see Dort coming back next year if he's not traded? Yeah, I think that he's entering. the The tricky part is, I would prefer the team gets a deal done with him this off season because remember he's on he's an undrafted guy and converted from a two way deal. So next off season, he is a totally unrestricted free agent, and I just think that there's going to be teams that are going to woo him away if you don't lock him up this offseason. And so I think that if we don't see a, a deal from this offseason, that gets kind of scary. Now, maybe it's some mastermind plan. Maybe it's Sam Presti saying, Lou, we're going to take care of you. This is the deal we're going to offer you in 12 months. We just want to have the new CBA and want to have a clean cap sheet heading into 2023. We're going to get this done under the table. Maybe that that's what happens. But since he's an unrestricted guy, I, I feel very nervous about it uh, myself if it goes into the season without a contract and without, without a solution. Uh, however, he loves Shea. They're, they're best friends. He is grateful for the organization and, and the opportunity that they gave him. He picked the organization whenever he was undrafted. Uh, after being, you know, sometimes in that cycle, a, t- a first-round guy, he went undrafted and then picked his destination for the Thunder. Uh, I, I think that he's a leader on the team. I, I think that he would stay long-term personally. It's just I'd prefer it get done this offseason than heading into a lame duck here uh, and having to speculate and worry about it moving forward where he can just choose any destination he wants to. But I do think that he would stay here long-term. Does okay. that sway your well, opinion at all? Yeah, if, if you actually see him as a long-term guy, Shaden Sharp's really appealing. The problem is, is like, I mean, at the, at the time, like at this time of answering it, like he's 50-50, right, of actually hitting. He could be a complete fall on his face bust. He could also be a superstar. Everybody goes, damn, we should have just looked at the highlights and said it was real. So to me, I don't know if that risk is really worth it, but also like Oklahoma City could totally swing for the fences. And again, they could probably, if the logic probably is we did it once, we can do it again. Kind of like uh, Avengers, am I right? <laughs> yeah. And and the reason you bring up Dora, I just want to clarify, because because 
a lot of people are bringing up Dorton traits. And so for those of you who are confused, who might not kind of be in the weeds of it yet, I know a lot of fans are just now coming back to the Thunder. This lottery, this lottery really sparked the fan base back up to where it once was. And I've, I'm, of course, greatly appreciative of that. But if you're wondering, because you love Lou Dorton, you've watched Lou Dorton, you've grown attached to him, you got his jersey, and he's such a great guy and a great person. The reason that it, it's Lou Dort, it's nothing against Lou Dort, something that Lou Dort has done. It's that the rest of this roster, there's nobody who can be a sweetener because you don't want to trade Shea, you don't want to trade Giddy. Those two are power ranked ahead of Dort, who is third. But past Lou Dort, your next best sweetener is Kendrick Williams. And then your next best sweetener is Darius Baisley. And I know you have all these first round picks. You're not going to just overwhelm the Kings and give up 12 and five future first round picks and get pick four. Like they're going to want something tangible. They want either a win now player or they're just going to keep the the pick they have in hand and draft whoever they think is the best at that top of this draft and kind of move forward. So, uh, I, of course, five future first round picks might be a little different, but you know, you're not just going to get there by going 12 and 30. You're going to have to throw in a sweetener, a tangible player. And that's why it's Lou Dort because Kenny Hustle. You know, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't think Kenny Hustle can get you from 12 to 4 the way Lou Dort can. Uh, and I and I don't think that it's worth trading Kenny Hustle on 12 for 7. I think that, I think that the difference between where you're going to get at 7 and 12 is minuscule. So that's why Lou Dort's the one in these conversations, and that's why it's nothing against Lou Dort, something against uh, what he's done or anything like that. It's just that if you want to go big, if you want to swing for the fences, and you also don't want to trade Shea or Giddy, he's the only other option to, to make a big trade. Yeah. I, I think I think ultimately I would say Jean do it. Um, I, I I really do think it, it's hard just because they're going to be tanking again next season. Like Presti has already said it. I don't know. I get the swing for the fences, but like, what if Sharp does bust? Like, there's a very real chance. There's just as real of a chance. It's a coin flip to me. So I would say stay on this side of safety. You can probably have a good chance at stardom at twelve. Not not too much of a drop off from six in terms or, or whatever it is in terms of stardom. Yeah, and the thing is, too, I would just play a long game because, number one, I do think that Lou Dort would re-sign with the Thunder if they if they gave him an offer. I think the Thunder will offer him. I am scared, again, about the interstate free agency part of it. Uh, but if you get to the midway point of the season next year and you don't think that um, he's going to re-sign or you don't feel comfortable with the contract you, you need to offer him or whatever the case is and somehow something changes – I think that he's a player that will retain his value and that you can trade him at the deadline. And even though he's only making $1.9 million, uh, if you keep favors around, then right there, that's $11 million that you can use to go get a player uh, to, to make salary caps, you know, make, make salaries work and things like that. Uh, plus whatever trading you throw in to, to make it work salary wise. So uh, it's, it's going to be hard to trade him because of that fact. He's only making 1.9 mil, uh, but uh, of course the Thunder can facilitate some things and move some things around to make it happen. I, I personally though, I just would not trade Lou door and I would keep, uh, I would keep him, re-sign him, and move forward this offseason with him. But that is, of course, an option to go get Shaden Sharp, who we all know that's a, that's a caliber of guy that Sam Presti would like. I want to talk about a Shaden Sharp Jr. coming up uh, and, and who I think that might be the pick at 30. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, sports developments, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, uh, major league baseball scores, fights, and even uh, next season NFL future bets. Bet online is your current source for all your sports wagering information for live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Go right now to their website or even use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts, folks. It's so easy to go check out Bet online. You type it in in your search bar. You type in Bet online. If I can type, and then you load up. 
and then you go to their sports book. And just like that, we're on their sports book getting ready to bet on games. Let's go to basketball, and you can see uh, the playoffs, of course. The Mavericks are six and a half point underdogs tomorrow uh, against the Warriors, but they also have future bets, and they set the odds for the next team of Russell Westbrook if it's not the Lakers. The Pacers are the favorites at three to one. The Knicks are seven to two. The Thunder are four to one odds to bring back Russell Westbrook. And then you have the Rockets, Pistons, Kings, Clippers, Hornets, Cavs, Celtics, and Raptors all on that list. Where will he go? If not LA, who knows? But you can bet on it if you want to at betonline.ag. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Joined by at Mavsdraft on Twitter, Richard Stamen. Richard, pick 30. Tell me why the Thunder should not swing on Leonard Miller. Uh, I don't really buy his jump shot yet. Also worried a little bit. He's shiny new toy. Really good size and everything. He's, he's the biggest unknown in this draft. Um, I think if you're trying to swing for the fences on a, on a kind of unknown, you have guys like Gabriel Persheda, who's a pretty well-rounded offensive player. Um, there's guys like him that I would be a lot more comfortable gambling on. Maybe even Ismail Kamigate, I think he'll be there. That I, I just think there's better gambles. And I want to t- discuss with you this real quick, closing the loop at number two. Uh, we did a mock draft where we saw Chet Holmgren go number one. If the Magic do go back to their lengthy long boy ways, it's between Jabari and Paolo. Would you take the upside of Paolo or the win now of Jabari? Because I think that if you were to evaluate these top three guys in the baseball sense of war, you know, who who has the most wins above replacements and who gets you the most wins next year, I think that Jabari Smith next year gets you the most wins out of the three. Uh, I think that Paolo long-term might be able to develop into a, a superstar, but I think that Jabari Smith is the safest pick of the three. I don't see a way that Jabari Smith fails in the NBA. I think that he's going to be an amazing 3 and D player for you. And you need those kind of guys to win championships. Plus, if you're just envisioning a fit, right? I think that Jabari Smith, his fit with the Thunder is a lot more uh, readily available in your mind than for anybody else because you can envision the drive and kick with Shea, which he's so elite at. You can envision Josh Giddy passing him open on the three-point line. So would you go with Jabari Smith Jr., my number one guy, at two? Or would you go with Paul Bencaro, my number three guy, at two? Yeah, I also have Jabari still number one on my board. My thing with Jabari is like, you look at Maxi Kleba, he's 6'10", 3 and D. Jabari Smith is 6'10", 3 and D with a lot of hidden room to grow. I think he's got some one dribble moves he's got. Uh, I think if you can develop two, three dribble moves uh, into jump shots, you're going to see a big growth of him from volume perspective. So I think there's a lot of hidden upside with him. With Paolo, you know, one of my big concerns is, yes, he could be a number one scorer, but he also could be a guy who, He's more likely to shoot the team in the foot by accident. Uh, and by that, I, I think the two things for me are defensive fundamentals are pretty lacking. He's very inconsistent in effort. His foot speed's like fine. He's 6'10", so you're not going to hold him to like super high standards, but he's adequate. He like meets the minimum. 
And, uh, you know, he's not a liability, but a lot of times the NCAA tournament, we saw it, he really just turns that switch on and off. And I don't like that a lot. And then passing fundamentals as well. He really, you can't throw a post entry pass. He still misses the mark a lot. Just needs to kind of cool off and relearn just how to pass simply because he has some really advanced passes, but also just really messes up the fundamentals. So if you're looking for somebody who's going to be better now, I think it's clearly Jabari. And ultimately, if it's coming down to the two of them, I take Jabari Smith because the upside is a little bit more hidden than it's given credit for. So for you, it's just, if you're Sam Presti, you're just sitting there in the war room waiting. Whoever's left of Jabari and Chet were taking Chet or we're taking Jabari either way. And if Chet's there, he beats out Jabari for you or the thunder as of today, we'll change this answer in 36 days. Whenever we do one for the draft for the actual draft day preview. But as of right now, it's Chet Jabari Paolo for you. If you're Sam Presti. Yes. Is there anything we should be monitoring with the 34th pick? Now that one, I don't expect a real answer if you don't have one, but just as we see the board right now, is there anything that you think that at 34 has incredible value? Well, you know, every year, the 30 to 37th pick, they're usually about half of them at the least turn out as valuable rotation players. It's just the leftovers because that 20 to 40 range is incredibly inconsistent in terms of like, or I guess it's just a crapshoot. But generally the same number uh, of players occur to be play, NBA players, rotation players. And a lot of them, the concentration is really in the 29 to like 36 range is the real range. And ultimately, I think you're going to find somebody like Jeremiah Robinson Earl was right in that wheelhouse last year. You're probably going to get someone like him, a backup guy who he can play a little bit of starter minutes too. And he's just good value at that point. What I'd love to see Oklahoma City do, though, is trade 30 and 34 and just move up a little bit. Honestly, trade with Dallas. I would do it in a heartbeat. Amazing. I mentioned that yesterday on my uh, recap show of the lottery where there's so many teams that want to – uh, make a trade, and uh, there's some things that want to move their pick, and I mentioned Dallas is an option uh, for 30, 34, something like that. Um, yeah, but Jeremiah Armstrong with the Thunder traded up uh, to get him with the second pick, 32nd overall in the second round. Um, and, and, you know, that's the kind of player you could be able to sneak off and, and grab uh, in this league. Of course, Devontae Graham went around top 34-ish. Uh, Jalen Brunson was somewhere in that range as well. Uh, you know, there are going to be some good players. Of course, it's hard to predict who they're going to be, though, without seeing the board unfold. So make sure you follow at Draft on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles on Twitter. So we can tell you live during the draft who we think is falling that could be of great value and what the Thunder should do at that point. But uh, we're going to go off and watch these in, uh, NBA Combine draft scrimmages. But before we've seen the scrimmages, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here about what you've seen from the Combine measurements or anything from the Combine? Man, uh... <laughs> I, I hate to do, be a negative brand, but I'm going to do it. I see so much about Peyton Watson and how like he's a project and like teams should gamble on him because he's big, he's long, he has a plus four wingspan. Um, I, I don't know how you draft the guy. That guy averaged three points a game, three rebounds a game on 30-something percent shooting, and he somehow stole a combine invite. Uh, I just – I apologize if, if his agent is listening. I'm sorry, but also like – look – there's a, there's a lot of I, – I just – I don't know. I have a lot of issues with just the, the whole like, oh, we had him hyped as a preseason prospect, but when he didn't translate up, just a lot of red flags with him. I, I beg of you, please do not put him in your first-round box. Like if you are building a mock draft and trying to predict what teams do, teams generally make stupid decisions. Like that is a constant. The Sacramento Kings exist. So like uh, – sorry, Matt George, but <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are like a walking example of that. 
So for me, it's just like, please keep him out of your mock drafts. He, he didn't measure well. I doubt by the time this is recorded that he's even played well. Please keep him off your mocks and keep him out of Dallas. Oh, keep him out of Dallas for sure. Um, anything on the Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, measurements in the vertical? And whenever, you're, whenever your leaping ability is compared to Dakari Johnson, I'm scared. Yeah, uh, this is a guy. He had good wingspan, measured plus four over seven foot. And I know I just said what, that seven four thing, but like Patrick Baldwin's game isn't, predicated on his length so like for somebody who's been hyped up for plus four or for like to be at least plus five plus six then he ends up plus four it's a disappointment when you're like all right it really doesn't matter because you're a six nine shooter and you have a seven one and a half wingspan yeah it's actually pretty good but yeah i i've heard a lot of things about him heard about mental toughness is an issue uh the jump shot consistency we haven't actually seen results outside of high school so i i'm hesitant on uh on patrick baldwin Richard, the last thing, after the combine, I, I mean, after the lottery show, we had you guys take over for the hosts and you guys at NBA Draft Big Board mock draft. You got Chet and Jeremy Sohan at, at 2 and 12. You only did the lottery. The Thunder walk away with those two guys. What is your grade the next day on Lockdown Thunder? Well, I'm not big on Sohan, but for the Thunder, that's probably one of like three spots that you go to. And I would go, all right, you know what? I'll be wrong because – that's just such a perfect spot for players who have a glaring weakness just to overcome that glaring weakness because of the freedom they're given. I would give that an A at least. Um, I think Chet's a home run pick with Oklahoma City. I, I, with Oklahoma City, that that floor he's given with like, oh, he's too skinny. No, disregard that. There's no floor. Like, or I guess there is a high floor because no floor would mean he'd fall. But, uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> galaxy brain take right there. But no, I think uh, Chet and Sohan would be great. You have a world of a defense that's already been very strong. And, and you know, Thunder fans are listening. Y'all know Thunder defense is a lot better than it's giving credit for. And this makes them an elite defense going forward. Go follow Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Go check out MavsDraft.com. Check out Lockdown NBA Big Board. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until next time, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.